Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And welcome to episode 132 of Geek Town Radio. Back this week with Ross. <laughs> Hello, Dave. How are you? All right. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Very well. Good, good. What have you been up to? Uh, well, actually, not not much, but two big things, two major things. First of all, I've been playing Destiny 2. I'm not sure if you're into Destiny uh, 1. I, I had played Destiny 1 a bit, yes. I could have dropped off because I, I think I got into it a bit too early, so there wasn't mm. that much content, and then I kind well, of dropped away from it and never really went back. So, Well, Destiny 2 is good. You should buy it. It doesn't come out on PC for a little while, possibly. I don't know whether I don't know whether Destiny One ever did it ever come out on PC. I, I, think I don't it was... know, but I, I know this. I know this one is, but later. But it's really good. It's good. Everything cool. that I didn't like about the first one is fine now. Okay. Well, that's it's much more like I'd say it's more like a Borderlands if you like a Borderlands because there's a lot because there isn't like there are types of guns, but they're not like so micromanaged anymore right. i find myself trying a lot of different stuff so you pick up a new good one every sort of 10 minutes and you know it's good to <laughs> you try different things and you do different things it's like um mmo halo is what it's like now oh okay so good in fact the, the story missions you can you know look you you can pinpoint the exact halo mission that this looks like yeah you know? It's yeah. like, oh, this is just like that one with the thing or whatever. Uh, so yeah, it's been really good. Yeah, I mean, because when I when I stopped playing, Dinklage was still the voice of the the little oh yeah thing. That so early. I mean, that yeah, was quite yeah. early on. Because um, Nolan North, I think, took over, didn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah. Nathan Fillion's in it. He's I in know it. Nathan Fillion's in this one. He's Alan, Alan Tudyk in it as well, I think. But I, I know Nathan Fillion's Poss- in it. Possibly, yeah. Nathan Fillion ties ties my weekend, actually, because <laughs> um, he pops up in the other thing I, uh, um, I've been watching. Um, so on Netflix recently, in fact, I think it was only a couple of weeks ago, do you know Nick Kroll from America? I, I know the comedian. name. Yes, I know the name, um, yeah. He's got a Netflix show called Big Mouth and it's animated and it's kind of like a, you know, like F is for Family is like Bill Burr's sitcom that he, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah. He wrote and he does. Uh, uh, It's kind of like that. Um, But thematically, it's very different. It's about sort of teenagers and they're all going through puberty and it's about, you know, what that's about. But it's not like a, like a teen show. Like if you're a teen, you probably, you probably shouldn't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're, but if you're an adult and remember what that's like, it's like, a lot of the very very dark very very mature humor will yeah. speak to you a bit more and you'll be like because in hindsight it's like oh yeah that was that was stupid how we all did that wasn't it yeah um so yeah it's, it's about you know growing up and kids who do stupid stuff and uh it's very sort of there's a lot of like 
sex it's very sex positive but it's a cartoon so everything's okay um <laughs> and there's a lot of a lot of mature themes not one you know those programs that you don't watch with your parents yes yeah don't watch it with your parents but it's very <laughs> it's very very funny so i'd recommend it and nathan fillion's in it so which it, ties it all together yes it does uh what what was this one called again uh, it's called big mouth big mouth yes i because, think i've had it pop up on netflix because and, nick uh, crawl has a big mouth. <laughs> also, uh, Bojack. This season of Bojack is really good. Uh, Bojack Horseman. Really yeah, still good. not got uh, to that yet, but uh, I keep on having that recommended to me. <laughs> I, I will have to try both those shows, I think, because yeah. when when Rick and Morty's done, those are the two things I'll go for, I think. <laughs> yeah, so that's been pretty much me. I've been consumed by video games and and uh, and, uh, and Nick Kroll. Yeah. <laughs> well, video games wise, I after I finished my kind of epic run on Fallout, I was looking for a few other things to play. So, I noticed there was an expansion pack out for XCOM, XCOM 2. Oh yeah. And there's a there's a big expansion pack out for that. And um I was reading reviews of it because it's it's expensive. It's like the same price as a full price game. All right. So, I was like, eh, I don't know whether I want to pay that for an expansion. And people were saying it it sort of adds basically an entire another game's worth of content into the uh, XCOM game. So well, that's, I, that's what you want, isn't which it? is exactly what you want. So it's sort of XCOM two with. It's interesting because most of the time when you play DLC, it's sort of tagged on at the end. Yeah. You know, you finish the main storyline and then the DLC comes along. Whereas with with this, it's really interwoven into the main game. So there's a sort of bit at the start. I I could be wrong about this, but I think the opening cinematic piece is actually altered um so one of the new characters is one of the characters that that sort of releases you from the uh sort of stasis thing that you're in right at the start oh, right. and it ends up being one of the new characters that does it rather than one of the original characters so they've sort of post integrated so, it yeah so it, they've kind of gone back and weaved it throughout and you end up with picking up missions kind of early on that are related to all the new content and not sort of the old content so it's all there but it's it's just sort of wedged in and really tightly weaved into the main plot which is quite nice so uh, i've started playing that because i love the first xcom game it was great and and i played through the second xcom game and i don't remember an awful lot about it so because <laughs> it's been a while so so i'm quite kind of looking forward to playing the rest of it it's it's right. really good fun it's um, a good game speaking of dlc i'm not sure you picked this up dave but um the second episode of the second season of telltale batman game comes out tomorrow i think ah yes so i'll be giving that a go yeah i've i've got to get back into that because i don't think i ever finished the first season so i need to go back and finish that then i will go and pick up the second season i think but uh yeah that that looks uh good I do enjoy those Telltale games, so I need to go back and play with it. But uh, I know Matt was playing it, so. Mm. TV-wise, this week, I've had a lot of stuff I've been watching this week. Electric Dreams, again, on Sunday, I think's possibly the best episode yet. yet. It was Timothy Spall in an episode called The Commuter. And they are really like these wonderful little mini films. This one is about a guy who works at a railway station and a woman comes up and asks for a ticket to a place that shouldn't really or that doesn't exist on the line but she's adamant that's where she wants to go so she ends up taking she sort of says oh oh it's the train that leaves at this particular time 
So she ends up taking the ticket and leaves and then comes back and asks for the ticket again, again the next day. She sort of apparently just disappears into thin air and then asks for the ticket for the next day. He gets very curious about this and she sort of said, well, it's exactly 28 minutes along the line. So he thinks, stuff this, I'm going to try get on the train and go exactly yeah. 28 minutes. So he goes there and it's sort of about what he finds and uh, how his life changes relating to that. Oh, I've got to start watching this, Dave. I've got to, this yeah. might be my, this might be my pre-bedtime uh, watching is, is that okay so is it going to give me nightmares no i don't think it'll give you nightmares it's kind of okay, i good. mean it's interesting none of them have particularly tidy endings no, it's not like all tied up in a bow but that's because sure. philip k dick's stuff doesn't do that at all in quite a lot of cases in fact in every case so far it sort of stops you know <laughs> Um, mm. so you do get some sort of resolution, but you sort of expect it to go on a little bit more and it doesn't. <laughs> and it doesn't. <laughs> um, but they, they've all been quite brilliant so far. I really like the Hoodmaker, the first one. The one that's coming next week is a Steve Buscemi one, which I've already seen, because that's one of the ones that they previewed and I really enjoyed that. But yeah, I've, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I mean, I think Timothy Spall's a great actor, but I thought this was a really good episode this week. So I've been watching that. The Good Place, which is back on Netflix, the whole first season's on there so you need to get and watch that if you've not seen it because it's brilliant yeah well i'm waiting for a time when we're together because the missus wants to watch it as well right so, you okay know, you know we're waiting for like a good time for that <laughs> honeymoon <laughs> honeymoon yeah on the plane we've got so long on the plane i there wonder you if you go. could download it yeah 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 you could you could possibly download it i mean it depends who you're flying with because it was on it was on the box sets on the plane that's where i saw the first series uh, ah. so um so yeah i but yeah, first series of that's brilliant. Second series is kind of interesting due to the events of the first series. It kind of somewhat changes the dynamic in, the, in season right. two. Um, I'm not going to go into it because that would spoil things, but it, <laughs> I'm thoroughly enjoying that. I think they're doing an amazing job with that. Uh, also on Netflix, Designated Survivor came back, Kiefer being the president again. Uh, I, I think they've they've tightened things up a little bit. It seems to work quite well. You know, few characters have gone, few new characters have come in. I thought it was a strong opening episode. So that's been really good. And Star Trek Discovery, which we touched on a little bit last week, but I didn't want to say an awful lot because a lot of people won't have, have seen it yet. But the, we're now on to the third episode, which is almost the first episode. Because the first two episodes yeah, are yeah, kind of this. a prequel. Um, you know, they, they're sort of setting the story up. And uh, this is the first episode where the Discovery is actually in it. And we get to see the actual crew and sort of see how things are going to be moving forward. I really like what they're doing with this. You know, it's serialized. It's not like standalone episodes like you would normally get with Star Trek. The set designs are really nice. They're, they're more modern than they probably should be, considering. Considering it's set just before the original series, but you can kind of forgive that. You yeah, know, it's I still the future. It's still the future. And uh, tonally, yeah, there's some nice little nods back to kind of the original props and, and bits and pieces. There is a Tribble in this one, which is not referenced at all. You can just hear it and see it sat on one at somebody's <laughs> desk. It's one of those things that unless you were a fan of Star Trek, you probably wouldn't understand what that was. You yeah. know, So there's a Tribble in it. And there's the, you know, the sound effects and the, the voices and that sort of stuff are a lot of that's the original series stuff. So uh, that's really cool. So I really like the, what they've done with the production design and set design and the sound work and that sort of thing. But the story overall, it's a lot darker 
than you've come to expect from Star Trek. Talking to Matt earlier and who's been watching it, he's never seen Star Trek before. I was so, going to, well, because I've never seen Star Trek, so I wondered how this would play out. I'd be interested in what he said. He really enjoyed it. I mean, he, he actually said, I think this is Star Trek for my generation. So, ah, that's good because that's like, yeah, because that's your generation. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I honestly think that is probably very true. You know, if you're a fan of, of original Star Trek, I would hope you still like this i think it's very different to what you would have expected but i think it's very now and you know fits with what we've come to expect from decent solid drama you know mm. so i i think it's uh you know it's, it's a lot less frivolous than some of the older star treks have been it's it's kind of dark solid decent drama just happens to be set in the star trek universe but it's it's not far it's not detached itself so much that it doesn't feel like star trek anymore i i think it's a really good balance they've managed to hit it really well really enjoying it she's uh Sonequa martin green's great in the lead we saw jason isaacs for the first time this week as well who's captain of the discovery and uh he's an interesting if somewhat sinister character i think by the looks of mm. things so uh, that's kind of an interesting twist as well it's sort of all set in this in kind of wartime which is also quite interesting because that's not something we've really seen much of in star trek either so that i've been thoroughly enjoying i would definitely recommend that to people billions has been my main catch-up this week because i suddenly realized i hadn't finished the last season of billions and it's one of those shows that you forget quite how good it is and yeah. you sort of go back to it and think i yeah i should have watched this earlier because it, it is brilliant the uh, second to last episode of that is particularly superb a really really good show very well well put together two leads are amazing there are those sort of occasions which is almost de niro pacino moments when they're both in the same room you know you've got these two strong lead characters and they don't meet that often so it's very interesting when you see them and it's this game of kind of cat and mouse whereas they and they switch roles whereas one's sort of on the back foot for some of it and then it switches to the other person being on the back foot and it kind of bounces backwards and forwards but just brilliant really really good so I'm looking forward to the next season of that when it comes out. And then new shows this week. There's been quite a few. Uh, Law and Order True Crime started out on Sky Living, which is basically like a budget version of uh, The People versus O.J. Simpson. <laughs> um it's interesting and it is I mean I, I've not really watched many episodes of Law and Order but it does feel like it's a Law and Order episode and that's not really a good thing I don't think yeah. it's one of these things it's got some quite good actors in it and you sort of think well this should be a bit better than it actually is I know they <laughs> want to stamp the Law and Order thing over it but even things like when you I, I was noticing the background music the soundtrack to it and that's not really a good thing in that sort of show you know because it, it was it, to the point that it was distracting me you know yeah, does I'm it like, take that sort of the realness of it being true yeah, crime does it yeah, tear that away absolutely it does they really need to pair that back you know because if you remember i mean we've we've spoken to the uh the guys that wrote the music for oj and they very much took the attitude of of less is more and really paired the music back in that. There was very little yeah, incidental yeah. music in that. And I think because it's a true crime thing, you do need to do the same thing with this. And it's not. It's treated as though it is a standard episodic 
procedural thing. And I get it because it's got the law and order thing attached to it, but I sort of feel that it, it kind of wrecks it a little bit. I mean, it's it's fine and I will keep watching it, but I, there are things that niggle me with that. Hmm. Um, another new show this week, Room 104. This is an anthology series, which is, it's a HBO show. It's an anthology series. It's running on Sky Atlantic, obviously, because it's HBO. The basic connective tissue with it is that it's set in a motel room called Room 104. And each week, something different happens in that motel room. And I was sort of thinking, oh, well, maybe it kind of might be a bit lighthearted and being a sort of comedy drama sort of thing. And it's a lot darker than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I mean, the, the opening episode is about a, uh, a guy who's got a little boy, gets a babysitter to come because he's going out on a date for the evening. So um, he leaves. And then it's sort of about the babysitter dealing with this quite odd little boy and almost gets a bit kind of supernaturally in places and, uh. and so it's slightly horror and I don't know whether I don't know whether that's going to be the theme throughout whether it is going to be that kind of weird horror throughout or whether it is going to dramatically change the style from episode to episode but certainly it, that was kind of a shock, but it, it's very well done. And again, it's another one of these that feels like sort of a little short story. You know, if you've ever watched mm. short films, it feels very much like a short film. So um, I, very interesting. I really enjoyed that. So that's on uh, on Sky Living, uh, sorry, Sky Atlantic, if you want to go and catch that. And also on Sky Atlantic, The Deuce, which is... Uh, James Franco playing twin brothers and it's uh, about the sex industry around New York in the 70s and the sort of birth of porn which in in that sort of area which is sort of one of the big kind of hubs for for creating a lots of uh, you know movies and that sort of stuff yeah again the opening of that was I think an hour and a half really solid opening episode very well done it's exactly what you'd expect from that sort of HBO drama really nicely put together so another one I definitely recommend is that. And um, over on Amazon, I caught the first episode of the show called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. This was something that came up because the show is made by the uh, creators of the Gilmore Girls. And they announced this week that those guys had signed a multi-year deal with Amazon. And uh, obviously part of that deal is is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, because this is the show that they make. For those of you wondering whether that means there'll be no more Gilmore Girls on Netflix, it doesn't necessarily. There isn't right now, but there is a get-out clause in the contract with Amazon to allow them to go and do more Gilmore Girls at, Net at Netflix if they so wish. Right. So should the star stars align, and because <laughs> you know Alex Bedell's on Handmaid's um, Tale at the moment, and and, and they're dealing with uh, marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is their new show. So um, should everything line back up again and everybody's free, and they want to make another season of Gilmore Girls, they can do. But yeah, marvelous Mrs. Maisel is very much in the Gilmore Girls kind of vein. It's I mean the setting's completely different, but the feel of the show is very similar. It's basically about a young couple set in I think it's the 50s or 60s and it's again in New York it's about the birth of of her becoming a stand-up comic which is sort of quite a unique thing a female stand-up yeah. comic in that sort of time it's this housewife she's got this happy life with her husband her husband's kind of trying to make it as a stand-up comic but not doing particularly well she sort of through a series of events ends up on stage telling jokes and uh, that sort of pushes her to do it more and believes that she can kind of 
do it more. But the you can tell it's written by the people that wrote the Gilmore Girls. There is very much that sort of feel to it mm. throughout. So uh, it's got that sort of same thread. So I, if you're a fan of the Gilmore Girls, I would I urge you to go and watch Marvelous Mrs. Basil because it is very, very funny. Just popping back into gaming for a second, whether you saw this, but uh, oh, Rockstar... Have I seen this, Dave? Yes. <laughs> Rockstar dropped a trailer for Red Dead Redemption 2 this week. Yeah, looks all right. <laughs> that that it yeah it looks yeah right. Red Dead Redemption was uh, probably my favorite video game of all time actually mm. um, put a lot of hours in and very excited in fact it's one of the few video games that my soon to be wife said that she she'll just sit and watch someone play she doesn't have to like because she doesn't play yeah. many video games she likes Telltale stuff and stuff but Red Dead Redemption is one of the few that she'll sit and watch quite happily yeah I can get that because they were really stunning um, it looks like this is going to be a prequel to the original as yeah. well by the same they mentioned the gang don't they. Yeah. Yes, because the, the you, you are sort of running with the gang that the main guy in the original game is then sent to go and catch. Yeah. So it looks like it's going to be really quite special and good. A sort of GTA with horses, essentially. <laughs> yeah. GTA, quite, GTA 5 was amazing. So It looks quite dark and some some of the best moments in um, Red Dead 1 were yeah. quite the darker parts. Yeah, so, uh, so very much looking forward to that. They're saying spring next year i think for that yeah which is still quite vague so it could be yeah august <laughs> yeah they, well they've said sort of spring next year but not before april i think yeah is what they've said so uh yeah it's going to be what second quarter then next year sometime i would think well unless it slips again because it's already slipped once i mean i, I don't but, yeah. put that much weight on behind uh dates for uh video games because they're never es- right so. especially rockstar video games are <laughs> yeah. the worst for that yeah exactly so it may slip again but i i'd rather they spent more time on it and got it right than release it too early oh, and have absolutely. it not work so so yeah i mean i'm not much of a console gamer you know i prefer playing on pc but that's never been released on pc the first one was released on pc so i think it's unlikely we'll get the second one well i think with with uh, xbox crossplay it's become a bit more i don't know if it's easier or it, it seems yeah. to be a bit more you know ubiquitous yeah. Quite possibly. So I don't know. We'll see. But I uh, I am looking forward to that and I will definitely be going to uh, get that mm. on the console if I, uh, even if it doesn't come on PC. So uh, yes, looking forward to that. So that's the great swathe of things that I've been doing this week. <laughs> Let's move on to some film with TV news. <laughs> So TV and film news this week. We'll start with a few air date updates. BBC released the first trailer for Peaky Blinders. I don't know whether you've watched this. Have you seen this? No, no. I gave it a go once. I, didn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't into it. Don't, weren't you? It's one of those things that I was like, oh, I was like, oh you, you live in Birmingham. You must have uh, Peaky Blinders, isn't it? It's like, oh, no, no, it's not that, is it? It's mm. not. It's not. That's not what Birmingham's like. But, no, um, yeah. not at all. And well, um, no, it's what Liverpool's like because that's where they shoot it. Well, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. But no, it didn't. It didn't grab me the first episode. Maybe I keep thinking maybe I'll go back to it. But, you really uh, should go back to it because it is a fantastic series. It's really solid, and there's not that many episodes of it. American I mean, comedians keep making cartoon shows so, until that stops. <laughs> Dave, I'm really gonna. But yeah, so uh, season four four of that BBC are apparently saying autumn for it but bear in mind it's got a christmas theme the opening episode opens on christmas eve i think so autumn technically runs from the 22nd of september to the 21st of december so i i would say you're probably it might be autumn but it's going to be very very late autumn i would have said Mm -hmm. um 
that's my gut feeling i mean we dev- never really get bbc air dates until a few weeks before but uh i guess if it is autumn i would say that it's going to be christmas end of autumn if that's the case big bang theory they've announced season 11 coming to e4 on the 12th of october at 8 uh, 30 p.m which is on its uh, the usual thursday slot and they've also announced that they've picked up young sheldon as well but not coming till early next year my f- guess is with that you know how they split big bang into two bits yeah my guess is they're going to run the first half of big bang then run young sheldon in the middle and then bring big bang back right i right. think i i don't know that for certain but that seemed to be the knowing how the four programmers think when they're not out their minds on absinthe <laughs> that that's when i would suspect they'll do it and that's why it's probably not coming till early next year that seems like an odd spin-off that seems like a weird well yeah i mean it's a very different type of show as well it's far closer to something like uh, well i've heard it's described it being being a bit like big bang theory the wonder years right you, you know because it, it's got the, a family style yeah it's a sort of I don't think it's multi-camera. I think it's single camera. Um, I could be wrong about that, but not like sort of sitcom studio audience stuff. It's far more done in that sort of single camera style of mm. of shooting. So it's it's not really anything like Big Bang Theory. Yeah, it just happens to have this kind of connection to it. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's got fairly good reviews from what I've seen, but it looks interesting. I think so uh, I'm looking forward to that and um, Celebrity Hunted they've announced on, that he's coming to Channel 4 on the 10th of October at 9.15 as is in always the case when a celebrity TV show comes in out the term celebrity is used fairly loosely I would say <laughs> uh, Annika Rice who uh, you know he's quite good at, at kind of you know, running around and finding things so I think that that's a perfect person to have on Hunted oh, do, do you know the show Hunted I'm assuming you've uh, seen yeah it. I know of it yeah. yeah the original show is quite kind of interesting it's basically this idea of they have a group of people who are ex kind of FBI and special forces that sort of stuff who are experts at tracking people down they have a command post and then they send out groups of that they have a group of people group of like normal people that are sent to try and evade them for a set period of time and then they have to get back to a meeting point at the end that's the basic premise but they're doing a celebrity version of this it's it's in aid of stand up to cancer uh you've got annika rice uh made in chelsea's jamie and spencer the wanted jay and silver and former gogglebox stars stefan don parker apparently are going to be the celebrities in quotes that are going to be part of this <laughs> i mean I, sort of like a sort of like a grown-up hide-and-seek yes it is kind of i mean i like the original series but the interesting thing the sort of extra layer this adds is there are a lot of people in the uk because they're not allowed to leave the uk so there are a lot of people in the uk that are going to know who these people are right so that sort of adds this extra layer to it of how well can they hide out will that be a help to them their celebrity status or will will it be a hindrance which is kind of interesting so um it's only i think four episodes that they're doing for this the normal series i think is six or eight so they're only doing four episodes for this there is a normal third series of it coming next year as well don't know when next year but this isn't replacing the third series there is a third series as well as this coming so um that should be good but uh yeah no i mean as i say i like the original so i think this kind of has this interesting extra spin to it despite them i mean as i say i am taking the mickey because they're not like the well, <laughs> most well-known celebrities, but a lot of people will know who they are. So I think that's going to be kind of interesting. 
On to bigger news, Amazon are really, really getting into the sci-fi business because they've yeah. announced three new sci-fi dramas. Ringworld, Lazarus, and Snow Crash are the uh, three dramas. Do you know any of the books? I don't know any of these books. Right, okay. <laughs> um, I know Lazarus a little bit. I I mean, I know of Ringworld, but I don't think yeah. I've ever actually read any of them. So uh, Ringworld is a, is a pretty classic novel by Larry Niven. The TV show is a co-production with MGM and Amazon, based on the classic novel series. It follows a guy who is 200 years young, because he's been living with a longevity drug. Bored with his life on Earth, he joins a voyage to investigate a ring world which is discovered beyond the edge of known space. The interesting thing with this is it's it's been around, I think, the 70s when it first started. All right. So he's been writing books, and he's sort of been writing books pretty much right through. A lot but, of stuff to go on then. Yeah, so there's only four books, I think, in the actual original Ringworld series, but it's one of these things that he's got an anthology series called Mankazin Wars. He's got the Tales from Known Space, which was a bunch of short stories. There is an entirely separate book series called Fleet of Worlds, which he's, he's written with a guy called Edward Lerner. It's, it's a sort of prequel. So there is there is this kind of um, Lord of the Rings pile of background <laughs> stuff that they can dig into and use. So there's a huge history you can pull out of it, which makes it really quite interesting as a prospect for a TV show because you could be talking Game of Thrones level sci-fi drama with this, particularly if you've got Amazon, you know, the money of Amazon behind it, and you've got MGM involved. I, I think that this could be something very, very special and quite epic. So um, yeah, I'm I'm quite intrigued by that. I think as a sci-fi concept, it sounds quite interesting. Lazarus is from Greg Rucker, who is a legendary comic book writer, and uh, he also was one of the writers of Jessica Jones, and he's written for Gotham as well. So um, he's very well known. I love some of, uh, I've read some of Greg Rucker's work, but uh, he, he's a fantastic writer. He's um, writing the TV series that, well, I think it's based on the comic book that he wrote, which is called Lazarus. And uh, it's set in a dystopian near future where the planet's been divided between 16 rival families who run their territories under a feudal system. Resources are scarce, so to crush unrest and hostilities, each family has their own chosen warrior known, known as Lazarus. Can't say Lazarus. Known uh, <laughs> <laughs> as Lazarus. Um, it's one man, one woman uh, kill squad, basically, is the idea. She works for the Carlisle family. She's defending them from any would-be attackers, by deception of force but an attack takes place on the Carlisle family goes wrong and it leaves her forever questioning everything she knows so yeah I, I think this sort of sounds interesting I don't know whether it's this occurs to you it's a weird um, I don't know why this came to my mind but have you read Old Man Logan um, no I haven't so, but I do know so it yeah the, the sort of groundwork of Old Man Logan is that it, it's a long time in the future and something bad happened and now the, the sort of supervillains own everything and there's no superheroes right and sort of the world is cordoned off into sections and like Doctor Doom owns a section and you know Got the it. Green Goblin yeah. owns a section and it's sort of that what you've what you've pitched there about um, particularly um, one section is sort of where the Hulk lives and the Hulk's got like a family and that what you said there about you know the, the stuff about it being families who own the different bits reminded me of that for some reason also oh, okay. it's like a dystopian near future type situation yeah, yeah. good read if you're interested and it's a comic book which you know he'd know stuff about <laughs> yeah yeah 
So, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. But, yeah, interestingly, he's actually writing the series with a Marvel writer because it's Rucker is writing the series with uh, Michael Lark, who was one of the writers on uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, and also wrote Lego Marvel Avengers as well. Wow. So, um, so I mean, yeah. The Winter Soldier is, is one of my favourite Marvel movies. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what involvement he had with that because I don't think he wrote the whole script. I'm not sure whether it was maybe the story or... But maybe it was the one. original book but yes so i you know it's got solid people about it like i say i i really like greg rucker's stuff so i think it'd be good writer and i think it's an interesting concept as well i mean yeah. near future dystopian near future run by families i think could be kind of interesting that and the last one that they're doing is called snow crash it's based on Neil Stevenson's cult novel, which tells the story of a hacker and a pizza delivery driver for the mob. That's what his day job is. But there is also a kind of VR universe called the Metaverse, where he's a warrior prince and the best sword fighter in the in the game. Uh-huh. When, when, when Snow Crash, which is a new cyber drug, starts to appear in the virtual world, things go a little screwy because this drug not only seems to affect the computer as a computer virus but also infects the person behind the avatar so it starts to bleed into reality as well oh wow it's so, a bit weird isn't it yeah so i the, this it's sounds, like a tron style sort of yeah know. yeah well i mean the thing that it reminds me most of is ready player one um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is obviously it's a fantastic book, but he's also uh, been made into a Steven Spielberg film as well. So that's coming out, I think, next year or later this year. I'm not sure, but uh, that's due out soon. So he sort of reminds me of that. So I suspect that's one of the reasons they kind of looked at picking this up because it seems to dabble in similar areas. But yeah, I, I like this. I like the idea that it's going to be a sort of mix of of real life and a sort of big virtual VR world. I think that could be uh, could be quite good. The people behind this, or one of the people behind this, is uh, Joe Cornish of Ant-Man and Attack the Block and uh, the uh, comedy duo as well. Ant-Man is is another one of my favourite Marvel movies. Yes, so um, (laughs) I I think that's a really solid person behind it. And um, also legendary Hollywood producer Frank Marshall, who has worked on, I mean, you should go and look at his IMDb page. It's basically, (laughs) it's Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, all the Indiana Jones movies, Jurassic World, pretty much any major blockbuster you've ever seen, he's had some involvement with. So, um, I mean, those are the two people behind it. I don't know whether Joe Cornish is actually writing it as well, right? He just says he's down as his exact producer at the moment but um that that i think looks like it could be quite interesting they're only in as in development at the moment we don't know whether they're going to actually come and make them to full series but if they do it's probably going to be at the end of next year at the very earliest before we see anything of them so um so i don't know we'll see they may decide to put them out as pilots first although i think amazon are kind of winding down that a bit Mm. because they're finding that it's becoming quite difficult for them to do because you get everybody together do the pilot everybody says it's great you've then got to go and try and pick everybody back up again to come and do (laughs) the main series And, and that's i think is causing them a few problems so i think they may be a abandoning their kind of you know show the pilots to the public and let them vote thing but uh yeah so we'll see we'll see which if any of those actually make it a full series that they could be quite good 
Over on sci-fi, you've got the Russo brothers. Again, more Marvel directors. Yeah. Uh, people in charge of the MCU Avengers and uh, you know, and they did Winter Soldier as well, I think, didn't they? Yeah, they I think so, yeah. Winter Soldier. Uh, so they are now developing another comic book called Deadly Class for Sci-Fi. They're on as exact producers. It's been written by Rick Remender and Miles Felsot. Uh, it's a coming-of-age drama set in a high school, but it's no ordinary education establishment it's called the king's dominion school for the deadly arts it's the most brutal high school on earth where the world's top families send their next generation of assassins to be trained stories is set in the backdrop of a late 80s counterculture centers on marcus lopez a young lad whose grades suck in his failing dismemberment 101 the jocks happen to be the children of joseph stalin's top assassin and they're hassling his friends and the girl he has a crush on has a double digit body count at this school murder is an art killing is a craft and the dagger in your back isn't always metaphorical yeah. it's like uh harry potter right yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. But a darker harry potter with daggers basically um, one of the early terry pratchett books is about a young man who goes to the assassin school in agmore pork and it's very good and it sounds a bit like that um, <laughs> i can't remember what it's called right now Pyr- pyramids it's called and it's very good Okay, interesting. So, uh, I, I I don't know. I don't know the comic book that he's based off, but, yeah. I, but it's, well, it's difficult, isn't it? Because like I think eighties references is a very in thing. Yeah, because of because of you know Stranger Things and 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 Guardians of the Galaxy and things like that, and schools that aren't just schools, but they're something else. I think we see maybe quite a lot of that. Yeah. Um. So it's possible. It's possible. It's rubbish, but it's possible. It's great. Like yeah. if they do it right and it's quite cleverly done and isn't like cheesy, it could be really good. Yeah. I mean. It, it could be. And I mean, having the research behind it, I think, is a, is a good, solid yeah. start. Sci-Fi have picked up a number of comic book ad- adaptations this time, because obviously they've got Krypton coming, which we've mentioned a few times, which is the Superman prequel. They've also got Happy coming, which is a Grant Morrison book, which sounds ridiculous. It's about an ex-cop turned hitman and a relentlessly positive imaginary tiny blue winged horse named Happy. So <laughs> Right. Which Need just that. sounds awesome. I think Patton Oswald is doing the voice for the horse oh, as well. So, um, yes. So uh, I, I that that sounds like it could be really good. I don't know. A, a Deadly Class is very hard to tell, but yeah, it's a comic book adaptation. It's currently only on a pilot order, so we'll let you know when we hear more about that. And uh, we also got Greg Belanti, the king of TV comic book things, uh, the man <laughs> behind the Arrowverse, is remaking the 70s series Kung Fu with a female lead. Are you aware of the 70s show Kung Fu? I'm aware of Kung Fu, but not the TV show. TV show, 70s show, stars David Carradine as Kwai Chang Kane, uh, who was a Shaolin monk who treks around the 1880s Old West in search of his half-brother, and sort of using his skill of martial arts and sort of his Tao wisdom, the Taoist oh. wisdom. That was the original series. This new version of the show is going to follow Lucy Chang, who, I mean, it doesn't say she's a relative, but given they will probably want to connect it in some way, the chances are that she is going to be a relative, I would have thought. It's set in the 1950s, so they've moved it quite a way on. She's a Buddhist monk and a Kung Fu master who travels America in searching for the man that stole her child years earlier. Forms an unlikely alliance with a Korean war vet called uh, TJ Cullen, and they travel the country lending aid to people in need while searching for her, her offspring. So it's basically, I mean, it's exactly the same premise with the female lead, or pretty much the same premise with the female <laughs> lead. 
I mean, I, I don't know whether this is necessary or not. There's, <laughs> there's been there's been a few versions of Kung Fu over the years. The original series ran from seventy two to seventy five. They then made a movie in eighty six. They tried to reboot it with Brandon Lee as sort of Bruce Lee in the lead in 87, but that never got picked up to series. They then made a show in 93 called Kung Fu, The Legend Continues, which saw Carradine return, but playing the grandson of the original Kane from the first series. Right, the original series. But, but obviously, yes, sort of older. That actually ran for four seasons, that version. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how necessary this is. If it was somebody other than Greg Belanti doing it, I would be very, very concerned. Yeah. Um, I mean, the one good thing about this is because the, the, the thing always labelled with Kung Fu was the fact that was the cultural appropriation side of yeah. it because of the fact that you had David Carradine playing somebody who was supposed to be a Shaolin monk and blatantly wasn't Asian in the slightest. Um, so this time round, I think it's almost positive you know, because they get absolutely slammed for it. I think. Yeah, they would. Would. there's been a lot of that recently as well with. Um, yeah, with Iron Fist, the Ghost in the Shell, and yeah, Iron and Iron Fist. Fist yeah. yeah, so I I suspect they're going to end up capturing a, a uh, Asian female in the lead. I would have thought it's been written by uh, one of the Arrow writers. Is the person behind it? Belanti's producing it. So um, we'll see. It's got a put pilot order, which basically means that Fox, who have ordered it, pay a big penalty if it doesn't end up going to where, at least for the pilot episode or first season. So we'll see. But um, interesting one. And uh, finally, we've got Amando Iannucci is making a sci-fi comedy <laughs> for Everyone's HBO. Making a, everyone's making a sci-fi, aren't they? Everyone's... Yeah, sci-fi, sci-fi and, and sci-fi comedy has suddenly become big business because you've, mm. you've got this coming from Armando. You've got the uh, Seth MacFarlane series. I was going to say the Seth MacFarlane's got his thing going on. Yeah, you've got the Orville. Amazon are trying to get a uh, Galaxy Quest TV series running. Mm. You know, obviously, we've had Red Dwarf over here for years, yeah, which is yeah. sort of other big comedy sci-fi. They're now. playing catch-up now, Dave. So, yeah, they are. They are. They've suddenly got into the, oh, we can make sci-fi funny kind of area so <laughs> amando inucci of course is the creator of the thick of it and veep the new show apparently is called avenue five don't really know much about it other than it's set on the future and believed to make mainly take place on a spaceship i i mean i i don't know it's it's a very interesting different direction for inucci because he's he started off with veep he's partly responsible well i mean he created the day-to-day with chris morris alan partridge with steve coogan he's got a film out at the moment called the death of stalin which is sort of a comedy drama about the soviet power struggles so he's always stayed in that kind of area of political comedy so to make a sci-fi comedy series is is quite a big kind of left turn i would have said but i adore his work you know veep is incredible the thick of it was amazing alan partridge is great I, you know so i i i think it's it's great i i i want to see i sort of want to see it you know i want to sure. see him do it because worth a go yeah it's because it's so different for him you know mm. i think it, it could be kind of interesting this and i mean it's interesting because the orville seems to be retaining its ratings as well despite the fact that the press seem to hate it so <laughs> so uh you know there's obviously something in it definitely again only at the pilot stage at the moment for hbo so we'll let you know if, if it goes further than that but uh looks kind of interesting so that's all the news for this week next up we have the interview 
This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So this week's interview is with Daniel Lawrence Taylor. Uh, Daniel is a writer and actor. You probably know him best really as an actor because I think this is the first sort of major thing he's written. But he, you might have seen him on Cockroaches on BBC Two, Tracy Ullman Show, and of course he was in Uncle, where he played Sam's boyfriend, Bruce. He now returns to ITV2 with a new show called Time Wasters. I've seen the first episode of it. It's hilarious. I've seen this advertised. I think it's, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's really good. Uh, it's a brilliant new comedy series. It's starting on Monday the 9th of October at 10pm. It's about a struggling four-piece South London jazz band who end up travelling back in time to the 1920s via a urine-sodden lift in a dilapidated block of flats. Daniel has written the series. He also plays one of the main four leads. I think we should just let him really explain a bit more about mm. it and uh, just about the show in general. Uh, he was lovely to talk to. So here's Daniel. It's only about 10, 15 minutes long, this interview, and we'll see you afterwards with some highlights for next week. <laughs> Hi, Daniel. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. Thanks for spending a little bit of time to talk about your new show. Oh, yeah. No no worries. Thank you. I was a, a huge Uncle fan, so... <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'm glad, yeah. Well, you're on to talk about Time Wasters, though, which is your, your yes. own new show. Is this <laughs> the first first show you've written? Yeah. Like, um, So my background is... I used to be part of a double act called Ginger and Black. And um, okay. so we used to do like comedy songs and stuff like that. And we've written a few shorts for television. Right. Um, so for like E4 and for BBC, no, for Sky Atlantic, sorry. But this is the first sitcom that I like full length sitcom that I've written and also written. Yeah, it's the first full length <laughs> sitcom that I've written. Yeah, which has been quite scary, but um, but fun. Yeah, it's, so it's called Time Wasters. It's going out on ITV2. Did you want to just explain a little bit about it? Yeah, sure. So Time Wasters is about an all-black jazz band that goes back in time to the 1920s with the help of a homeless guy called Homeless Pete. Um, <laughs> and they end up getting stuck in the past. And it kind of explores their adventures as they try to navigate their way back to the present day, but also them exploring the 1920s and the the parties and the pitfalls and and the the weirdness that this that the 1920s bring. Yeah, uh, it's quite a heightened world. So they do meet a lot of weird and wonderful characters. Um, they also meet some historical figures as well, which also turn out to be just as weird and wonderful. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's insane. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. I saw the first episode of it last night. Um, just hilarious. Very funny. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, thank Re you. Really enjoyed it. Where did the idea for the series come from? It was like a mix 
mixture of different things. Like at the time, there was a lot of shows like The Inbetweeners and Drifters and Plebs. And like there was quite a lot of gang shows that were on TV at the time. So I thought, oh, that'd be quite nice to write. And I kind of wanted to kind of write about like, a group of black friends who just kind of hung out. And then I was also learning to play the trumpet at the time, which I've since <laughs> given up, which is, I, I kind of wish I stuck with it. I was going to say. I realized how invaluable it is. <laughs> but I think just the writing process became so intense that something had to go. So unfortunately, the trumpet had to go. But I thought, how cool would it be to write about a jazz band? And so I kind of had this group of friends who were a jazz band. I thought, oh, wouldn't it be nice if it was like a period piece? And then I, I kind of paused then and I thought, oh, what if, what if they traveled back in time? <laughs> and it just kind of all gelled together. I think it just added a whole new layer of, it's, I think it's the ultimate fish out of water yeah. um, kind of premise. And it, and it kind of gelled from there. And so I was working on another show called Cockroaches with the yeah. same production company. And I decided to, I thought writing a treatment would have been to, like, I, there's no way I would have been able to sell it in a treatment. So I thought, let me just bang out a script quickly. So I banged out a script in like two days and I said to the producer, look, this is shockingly unfunny, but <laughs> it kind of gets a sense of the world and the characters and the craziness. And he really liked to pass it on to his exec. And then it kind of rolled from there. And then, we did like a read through, then a pilot, and then then a series. Yeah, that answers one of my questions because I was going to say, do you play a musical instrument? But you've given up on the trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, it's it's enough. I, I know it enough, so it looks like I can actually play it. <laughs> Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was gonna say I, I I do I well I haven't played for a long time actually, but I do play a trumpet. So I I, oh, really? I think you managed to do it convincingly enough. I, I mean, so. <laughs> yes. Yes, I mean that's not it's not all me. I think it's also the director of DLP being very good at like having the camera swing by <laughs> just <laughs> not too long to pick up from the fact that I didn't know what I was doing. Um and I think that was the same for everyone. Yeah. And I mean Ade, she she never played drums before in her life. Um, and that showed when we did the pilot. I was going to say, that's got to be the most difficult thing to fake, I would have thought. <laughs> yeah, oh God, she really struggled. So between the pilot and the series, she was given uh, some lessons yeah. just to kind of go, you don't need to learn how to play the drums, but you have to at least look like yeah. you know how to play the drums. Yes. Um so she did that. And then uh, Samson, I think Samson learned how to hold a trombone just before we was doing a take. He quickly <laughs> went onto YouTube and was like, uh, okay, okay, yeah, I think I got it. Um, so it was a joint effort so from actors and DLPs yeah. and directors. So so no chance of any, uh, you know, live gigs <laughs> going No, away. no. Unfortunately, we can't do what the people, like, people do nothing do, where they go out and do, like, festivals and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. that, that won't be as... Uh, <laughs> I think people will see right through us. Um, and who knows, you know, when it, when it comes to, like, series seven and we've all decided to learn our instruments, then maybe then, but... Uh, not, not, not quite yet. Hey, the monkeys did it. They weren't the greatest musicians when they started the TV show, and, <laughs> and then they were doing gigs at the end. You know, 
Oh, well, there we go. There we go. So there's hope for all of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as you mentioned on the show, you meet meet some historical figures. The the, the one that you meet in the uh, opening episode is John Logie Baird, who yes. took slight spoilers. I, the, the idea be, behind this, the idea of you being waterboarded by John Logie Baird is just genius. I love that. I thought that was absolutely wonderful. And Kevin Eldon as well, who is just amazing. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's just brilliant. Like, I had no idea. Like, they said to me, you know, who would you like to play Jonah Bird? And I was like, ah, well, I do love Kevin Eldon, but I don't know if he'll say yes. He's like, why? He's like, well, why would, like, it's Kevin Eldon. Why would he want to do my show? And then sent him the script and he loved it. And I couldn't, like, it blew my mind. Like, I've loved (laughs) Kevin Eldon for years. So when he said he would do it, like, I was so chuffed. And not only did he come and do it, but he found, like, a recording of um, John Logie um, doing um, doing a recording. So he imitated his voice (laughs) for the part as well. And I was just like, that is Kevin Eldon all over. Like, he is a legend, and that is why he's a legend. Yeah, yeah. I just just brilliant. Um, I thought that scene was fantastic. You've so that's one historical figure. Can you give any hints of what's coming up in the in the rest of the series? Uh, yeah. Okay. Without giving too much away. Yeah. So some of the stuff that some of the characters do. So Lauren Lauren tries to become the first black queen of England. <laughs> um, uh, Horace becomes an Argentinian playboy. <laughs> uh, Jason is almost murdered by a psychopath uh, and Nick gets wrapped up in a weird cult right. um, okay. yeah so those are just a few a few of the things that happen I, I'm looking forward to that I, I think it, it looks very funny the show uh, I really enjoyed it um, so a uh, couple more sort of general questions what was your most interesting experience creating the show I suppose it was like the the rules of time travel like I think that was right. the most interesting thing like it, you realise that even though you can set your own rules you have to stick to them Yeah, and that was very difficult I mean one of the things I threw out early on is like when you set up when you set up the premise of time travel, like the beautiful thing about Back to the Future is that it's able to set up the concept of time travel, but it spends, spends a really long time doing it. Like it's it's a good half an hour before, yeah. you know, it, it gets going. But there's so, there's so much in that first half an hour that it gets away with it. And in the sitcom, you've only got half an hour. So there was drafts where I was like trying to play with like, how do I explain this? And, you know, and how do I go into the meat of it? And then I just thought, you know what? Maybe I just have a character run into the room and say, guys, I found a time machine. <laughs> and, just, and then just have the audience go, right, you either buy into this or you don't. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, I just decided to do that. And, and for those who have watched it, uh, most people have gone, yeah, yeah. okay I'm buying into that yeah. I'm sure there's going to be people that will be like no god no god no but I'm hoping the vast majority will just go okay yeah you found a time machine and now you're <laughs> and now you're in the 1920s yeah yeah no I mean and you made you made an elevator like the scummiest elevator you could find into a time machine as well which I thought was great because um, you know we've done we've done phone boxes and and uh, hot tubs have been used yeah. as well so so you know elevators exactly. are new huh? why not why not and it's operated by a homeless guy. Why yeah, not? Yeah, 
<laughs> has buttons. It's just, it's, I, I did, uh, I did wonder because the homeless guy looks a little bit like it could be a really roughed up version of the first Doctor Who. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's, I mean, there's so much stuff of like because the question of who homeless P is is, yeah. is unanswered. So I think like in time to come i think we'll find out if yeah. he really is a time lord or if he is just a homeless guy that figured out that this was a time machine <laughs> who knows who knows i think yeah. that's that's one of the questions that we can kind of keep playing along the way yeah i'm looking forward to it coming out because i think people need to see it i think it's a really funny show ah thank you <laughs> um couple of couple of final questions for you which we always ask people we cover a lot of TV shows on the site. So the last two questions are always, firstly, what TV shows are you watching at the moment? Oh, what am I watching at the moment? Well, the new series of Rick and Morty is out. Yes, so brilliant. I'm obsessed, obs- ob- obsessed yes. with Rick and Morty. So I literally watched the the latest episode yesterday, which <laughs> was absolutely genius as always. I just, I think it's just a wonderful premise and yeah. it's... It's so clever and so clever, funny, the places that they go. And I think because it's a cartoon as well, you can literally go anywhere with it, Yeah, which I just adore, yeah. absolutely adore. It's amazing. So that, that, is, that is definitely my number one. My number two, oh, what's my number two? <laughs> ah, what was the show I last watched? Oh, there's a show called Insecure which yes. I really, really enjoy, yeah. which is on Sky. And that is, I love that as well. I think what they do, the stories that they tell and like, I, I, I love that class of, that, that black class that never is very rarely spoken about on screen. And I yeah. think that's, that's really, really lovely. And it looks beautiful as well. Yeah. Um, so those are my two, yeah, my two top shows at the moment. And if you had the opportunity to work on any show, past, present or future, not a show that you've been involved with, obviously, which show would it be? Okay. Now that is tricky. <laughs> that's tricky because it's, that's tricky because there's so many layers because yeah. like there's certain shows where you just admire because just like how, like you'd almost want to see someone's mind. Like I would love to see Dan Harmon's mind in action. Like that, yeah. I'd have nothing more to be in a room with him. But then there's, there's the sillier side of me that when I was younger, I used to love the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and was <laughs> Will Smith and I'd love to be in a room with him just hanging out and so yeah. it, I, I find that question too layered I don't, I, I, I don't know if I can answer it that's, I don't that's know if good I can answer Fresh Princes Fresh Princes not one we've had before I like that that's good yeah. <laughs> so but yeah I, I, unfortunately I'm just going to have to leave those out I'm sorry yeah. that's alright that's alright that's perfectly fine alright well thank you for spending a little bit of time I'm looking forward to the uh, to the whole show coming out and everything as well it looks just really funny so uh, so oh, I'm looking forward to it thank coming alright oh, brilliant cheers man thanks Daniel bye right. lovely speaking to you take care bye. bye so that was the interview with Daniel Time Wasters if you want to catch it and you really should because it is very very funny is on uh, Monday the 9th of October at 10pm on ITV2 uh, go watch it it's great here's some highlights for next week on TV <laughs> 
highlights for next week there are quite a lot of highlights for next week because mm. there's a lot of stuff coming back and a lot of new things starting uh kick off with vice principles which uh, is back for its second season on sky atlantic and that's on the 5th of october at 10 p.m i've never really been a fan of these guys but i know some people absolutely love them so <laughs> mm-hmm. uh so yes that's uh but if you if you want to go watch that sky atlantic 5th of october for vice principles there is a new show which is another anthology series it's called dimension 404 it's on sci-fi on the 5th of october at 9 p.m it's kind of a comedic version of the outer limits sort of black mirror ish but with a slightly kind of more comic edge rated by mark hamill apparently so um so sounds kind of interesting sounds but yes, all right yeah. yeah sort of anthology kind of based thing on sci-fi uh 5th of october for that uh modern family is back oh, on wow. the 6th of october which the i don't family. love yes so that's it's like fr- the best thing every year it's like <laughs> christmas but better <laughs> so uh modern family back for its ninth season on sky one that's on the 6th of october at 8 30 josh which is back for its third season on bbc one that's on the 6th of october at 11 25 which is Joff Winnicombe's sitcom. Last Leg started again this week, which was brilliant. I love him on that. Gadget Show back for a 26th season. That's on the 6th of October at 7pm. Porridge is back for this. Well, remember they did a kind of pilot? of. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't they do this already? Yeah. Yeah, they did a pilot episode of part of that season where they did Porridge and they did, I think it's when they did Open All Hours. Or still yeah, Open they, All Hours. because that runs, doesn't it? That, yeah. That's like on. And they did, so they made Still Open All Hours and they did uh, Goodnight Sweetheart as well which for some bizarre reason they didn't pick up and I thought was really good. So yeah, but they decided to pick up Porridge for full season. That's now got a new person sort of playing the grandson of Ronnie Barker's character in the original. So that's coming to BBC One on the 6th of October at 9.30. Law and Order SVU, that's back for its 19th season. (laughs) Jesus. Wow. Uh, That's on the 8th of October October at 10pm. That's back. The Gifted is coming on the... The uh, 8th of October at 9pm to Fox UK. I've seen the first episode of this because they gave me a press preview of it. It's really good. Mm. Um, This is the X-Men series. This X-Men kind of... So it's set in the X-Men film universe, but it's sort of more a street-level kind of X-Men. Is it set in the the new X-Men universe or the old X-Men universe? Uh, I don't know. The X-Men universe where the third one is canon or where the third one isn't canon. The (laughs) X-Men universe where uh, Deadpool is Deadpool or Deadpool is Deadpool from the Wolverine movie. (laughs) Which one day? I must know. Uh, I, well, it's the Brian Singer X Men universe, I think. So, okay. so I don't know what I mean. <laughs> Brian, well, Brian Singer made the first two of the oh. original X Men movies, but he also has some connection, I think, to the new. Did he make the last one of the? I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, this but, sounds that sounds rubbish, Dave. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, the the TV series is great though. It's really good. It stars Stephen Moyer from True Blood and the lovely, lovely Amy Acker from Angel. They're playing the parents. It's about a family that finds out they have two mutant kids and sort of have to go on the run i've seen the first episode of it really solid really nicely put together it's an interesting idea it is a proper kind of x-men tv show you know it's not like some of the others that sort of skirt around the fact that they're x-men yeah legion which i adore and he's brilliant And he's sort of 
X-Men adjacent, but doesn't really feel like part of the whole kind of main X-Men yeah. universe. This does feel more like it's part of the whole same thing, you know? The X-Men aren't in it because they've disappeared for some reason. So right. so uh, the X-Men aren't actually in it, but they are referenced. So, so then how, many, of- how many seasons can you do before you have to explain that in some way? Yes, yeah. Uh, I guess until the next movie comes out. I don't know whether yeah. it's running in... Con- the timelines are running together or not so uh, i'm not sure but but yeah i i think uh it's it's kind of their agents of shield i guess is, sure. is the sort of it's that sort of connection to it that's starting on the it's called the gifted it's starting on the 8th of october at 9 p.m that one then we've got snowfall which is coming to bbc2 it's rare buy-in by them it's a tv drama from boys in the wood director john singleton about the 80s cocaine epidemic in new york 8th of october at 10 p.m that is Given the director behind it, this looks like it could be quite a good drama, I think. Mm-hmm. And the fact that BBC have picked it up, you know, they don't tend to pick up things that they aren't sure about. So, I, you know, that looks like it could be quite good. Time Wasters, as we mentioned, 9th of October at 10pm on ITV2. Go and watch that. It's really funny. And Our Girl is back on the 10th of October for its third season at 9pm, which sees Michelle Keegan return in the lead role of the BBC army drama which i know a lot of people have been asking about that's all the air date stuff for this week unless you've got Fantastic. anything else you've liked um, the apprentice starts this week how about that ah does it yes that's one i, I think missed so. off. yes wednesday or thursday or friday one of them days right yes no i haven't watched the apprentice in a very long time so you should get on a day it's great the apprentice as well then. there you go <laughs> so that's all the stuff that we have for you this week if you want to catch all the latest air dates and tv news and all that good stuff over the next few weeks they are changing fairly rapidly because we are heading into a new tv season so uh, you can find everything at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and all the latest air day info if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments you can email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk you can leave a message on the website post you can find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that's everything we shall see you next week bye 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 Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.